Welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm Liz Tran, an executive coach to founders and CEOs of fast-growing tech companies. And I attribute my success to my spiritual practices, which are rooted in mindfulness and Zen Buddhism. In this podcast, I combine business advice with spiritual lessons to help you lead a courageous, authentic, and fulfilled life. Hi, everyone. I am recording today from Northwest Connecticut, where I've been renting a house. It's really beautiful and bucolic, and it's the perfect setting for me to accomplish my goal of recording three podcast episodes in two days. I am in it. (laughs) I'm trying to get everything done before I jet set off on a two-week adventure to Paris, Amsterdam and Miami. I'm really, really excited. But I also wanted to make sure that I don't slack off on my podcast responsibilities for all of you guys. So here I am doing a marathon podcast recording session. I've got a big water jug next to me. I've got some fruit and some snacks. My dog Grover is sitting here. He's going to get sick of my voice after a while. But one of the reasons why I'm so excited and so energized is because I've gotten so many good podcast topic suggestions from all of you listeners over the past couple weeks. I've just been so blown away by your wisdom, your insightfulness, your introspection and curiosity, and I'm definitely chomping at the bit to get through and record this rather long and growing list of amazing, amazing topics that you guys have submitted. So today I'm kicking off with this podcast bonanza with discussion of how to navigate the uncertainty of your 20s. And this topic comes from a listener named Megan, who is 24 years old. And I'll go ahead and read you her note right now. Okay. I noticed that in my mid 20s, I continue to go through major waves of uncertainty. Uncertainty in myself, in my career, in the city I choose to live in, New York City, in my relationship at times, and even in my circle of friends. I'm constantly growing and evolving, but I still worry that in 30 years, I will look back in my life and feel like I didn't ever find my calling, passion, or fulfill my dreams and desires. Can you talk about giving yourself grace when you're the type of person that wants to have it all figured out? Any advice you have on uncertainty in your 20s would be greatly appreciated. So yes, Megan, first, thank you for this topic. And two, I have a lot to say about the uncertainty of my 20s. I feel like I lived three or four different distinct lives in my 20s. I mean, as you guys who listen all know, by the time I turned 30, I'd had two different distinct careers. I'd also been married and then divorced lived in three different cities. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm hoping to distill some of what I learned here. And I've also been really furiously rereading some of my favorite books from that time period and thinking about what might be most useful to you guys today. And so as I was thinking about it, someone shared with me something that they had seen posted on LinkedIn of all places. And I think that this is a little bit of a tangential story, but it's definitely relevant to the topic of uncertainty. So I will go ahead and share this posting with you now. 
This was posted by a woman named Jessica Lax, and she's talking about a journey that she took to walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And for those of you who don't know about it, it's this pilgrimage that's quite famous. It's also a UNESCO heritage site. And essentially, these pilgrims, these seekers and searchers, they walk and walk and walk along this trail, and typically it takes over a month. So if you're walking at a normal pace, it'll take anywhere from 30 to 35 days. So it's a long, meditative, reflective practice. And this is what she said. I went on that journey during a significant transition in my life when the way forward was muddled and complicated. Being on a journey where the only thing you needed to do was walk on a path guided by yellow arrows seemed like exactly what I needed. But the downside of such a clear destination is that it can become difficult to detach from that focus. Conversations on the trail often centered on how many kilometers you had walked and how many you had to go until you got quote unquote there. Some hikers barely stopped for lunch wanting to wait until they met their goal for the day before they would rest. It all seemed so familiar and so similar to the rat race I was trying to leave behind. One day, After discovering a booklet left behind by the inspiring Peace Pilgrim, a friend and I decided to turn around for a day. We wanted a reset and a practice that would help us make space for the reconnection that we had come to the Camino to find. Hey, you're going backwards, we heard as we started walking the other way. We picked a basket of berries, held angel cards in our hands, and started slowly and thoughtfully retracing our steps. Whenever we came across a hiker, we offered some berries and drew them a card. We were met with confusion, gratitude, and some deeply meaningful conversations. It was the most magical and memorable day on my journey. Turning around that day was an act of recentering my goal amidst the noise. I'd gotten so caught up in reaching the destination that seemingly everyone was moving toward that I'd forgotten why I decided to walk the Camino in the first place. Centering kindness, presence, and connection brought me more clarity than any sooner arrival in Santiago could have given me. Revisiting what I learned that day helped me realize how much I've been in a mode of striving I've been focusing on reaching largely external goals, trying to get to a destination that I set for myself. And while there are many wonderful things that can come from that kind of drive, I was reminded to slow down and enjoy the journey. I committed to recenter why I am here, not to achieve or to arrive, but to connect and to serve. Love is the goal always. Sometimes the noise, the never-ending list, and the yellow arrows make it all too easy to forget that gem of wisdom. May this week find you at a moment when you can turn around and recenter what matters most. I thought this was so beautiful because this is exactly the experience that I had in my 20s. When I graduated from college, I was so focused on getting to that destination of success in my mind, of arriving that I was pursuing things that didn't actually make sense for me specifically. I think it's a big part of why I got married so young and obviously getting engaged at 25 or 26 
is not super young, but comparatively to all my friends in New York City, I mean, no one would get married for a few years until after I did. In fact, it was only around the time when I was getting divorced that my friends all started getting married. So I was sitting there at their weddings, like a very jaded, cynical divorcee when they were in this moment of beautiful innocence and hope and optimism for their love lives. And so I think this metaphor is something that we should all hold in our minds, that oftentimes the path to success can seem like a road with yellow arrows where you can track the progress that you're making. But really, our 20s are not about that at all. And I think that the first and primary step to working with the uncertainty of your 20s is to embrace that there is always going to be uncertainty. It is a fact of life. And if you're feeling it, it doesn't mean that you're flawed. It doesn't mean that you're behind. It doesn't mean that you are a fuck up or you have no idea what you're doing. It just means that you are actually living in the way that you are supposed to. The uncertainty means that you are broadening your horizons and thinking for yourself what type of customized life you really want. But this is a really big switch from school. So give yourself some love and some support if you're feeling all discombobulated from uncertainty. Of course you are. Think about what school is like. In school, they tell you exactly what you need to do to get A's. And you are taught how to problem solve with clear situations in mind. You solve a math equation. You read an essay and you write about it. You solve a biochemistry formula, whatever it is. In school, we are told that there are clear, definable problems. And all we need to do to succeed is to create a path and to solve those problems. And the difference of being an adult in the real world is that the problems aren't clear, right? They're not so nicely set up for you in an exam or take-home assignment. Rather, the problems are ambiguous, they're unclear, and the key is about adapting and finding out what works for you. So the first point that I'll say is if you are navigating uncertainty, embrace it. You are not a failure because you have uncertainty in your life. That is exactly where you need to be in the moment. The second point that I'll make is that the 20s are really a time where you should be focused on expanding your universe. Just like in that story that I just read, while all the other travelers were focused on staying on the path, getting as many kilometers as they could in every single day so they could arrive at the destination faster, the writer Jessica, she turned around and she asked herself, what would it be like to take a pause? What would it be like for me to go back and to try something new? What might it be like for me to take a path that no one else is taking? And I think that is the key thing of your 20s, is asking yourself constantly, is this the path I should even be on? And what would it look like to carve out a path that makes sense for me? When I was in my 20s, I didn't even know that the job of an executive coach existed. And that's what my job is now. And I love it. It is the perfect, perfect job for me. I can't imagine anything that maps more closely to my skill set and my motivations than coaching the people who I coach. I love it. I think it's so great. But I had no idea that that was even a job. 
In fact, when I was freshly out of college, I didn't even know that there were jobs that might suit me. And so the first thing I did was apply to law school and start working in a law firm because all I knew from my very, very small sliver of the universe that I lived in was that I wanted to be successful. And in the world of my mom, success meant being a lawyer or a doctor or marrying someone rich. (laughs) I mean, she was an immigrant who came from Vietnam. So that's what she knew. That's what she wanted for me. And I absorbed that because, you know, I grew up in Virginia. I went to college in Virginia. So I didn't actually know very much of the world. And eventually I moved to Los Angeles for a year where I did my law firm thing. And I found out that I really wasn't suited for the law. It wasn't going to be something that I was good at. And so by sort of default, I moved to New York because my best friend at the time suggested that I do that. And I started working in startups. And I started working as a recruiter. And honestly, I didn't even know that a recruiter was really a job. And I also didn't know anyone who had worked at startups before I actually moved to New York and started pursuing that path. So what I want to really impress upon you is if you are feeling a lack of clarity, and if you're feeling uncertainty about your path, maybe it's just because you haven't discovered it yet. Maybe it hasn't arrived into your universe of possibilities. So one of your primary jobs in your 20s is to expand your universe, to seek out the areas, the places, the people, the questions that call to you because maybe your purpose exists in a place that you haven't even discovered yet. I knew nothing of Buddhism in my early 20s and now I am a Buddhist and it centers my life. I knew nothing about meditation until my late 20s and it is one of the foundational practices that allows me to succeed. This is something I started doing when I was in my late 20s that really helped me to discover what it was that I liked and where I wanted to expand my universe was I started asking myself every Saturday, what was one thing I could do to expand my world. And it might be going to a movie or going to see a talk or planning a trip somewhere. But essentially, this was a regular system, a regular personal system that I developed so that I could expand my universe and I could allow more opportunities to come my way. And something that Julia Cameron, who's the author of The Artist's Way, she talks about a lot and she frames it as an artist date which I love, but if you don't identify as an artist, I still think it's really valid because you actually are the artist and the creator of your life. But she describes an artist date as a once a week festive outing undertaken and executed solo. And as the name suggests, an artist date involves self-romancing. So on that date, you become intimate with yourself your hopes, your dreams, and your aspirations. And so think about it as pleasure, not duty. You choose any sort of expedition that it chants you and one that truly interests your inner explorer. So in this way that you're planning and executing your artist states, you're honing the sense of inner exploration so that you can expand the terrain of your universe. If you are in your 20s and you are feeling uncertainty about your path, I highly recommend you start this practice of going on a weekly artist date with yourself. Then you can do two things. 
you can expand your perspective and you can also get to know yourself more intimately. Okay, so the third point of what I'll talk about here is the notion of identity capital. This phrase comes from a really great book called The Defining Decade, and it's about navigating your 20s. It's definitely a little bit more of like a structured, organized, business-like plan for getting the most out of your 20s. It's definitely not as much on the spiritual side as I would like it to be. But I did like this particular phrasing of what it is that you're building in your 20s. The author of this book, Meg Jay, she says that we shouldn't be chasing capital capital, as in making money in our 20s. We should actually be accumulating and investing in identity capital. Identity capital are the skills, the resources, the network, everything that's related to your identity that gives you value in the world. An example of prioritizing identity capital over normal monetary capital is let's say you have two job offers on the table and one pays significantly more, but is someplace that you're not super excited about. And the second offer pays a little bit less, but will also allow you to grow, to learn, to expand your network and your community and will be a better stepping stone to where you want to go in the future. And I think that this is really true. Of course, totally understanding that a lot of us do have really valid and real constraints on our financial resources like student loans to pay off. So that might not be possible for everyone to take the lower paying job, but there is always work that we can do for free in order to expand our network and our understanding. And this is something I used to do in my 20s all the time, is when there was someone who I thought was so incredible and that I really wanted to meet, I did not shy away from writing them a cold email. But what I would do is I would spend a lot of time researching them, like twice as much time researching them as you know the amount of time that I wanted to meet with them for. And I'd write a really clear email that basically understood that I was asking them for the huge favor of their time and saying, hey, you know, I read X, Y, and Z about you. I really would love to meet you to ask you these two questions. I promise it won't take more than 15 minutes of your time. I can schedule around any time that works for you. And whatever I can do to repay that favor, I'd be happy if there's any way that I can help you in return. And that allowed me to meet some really amazing people that transformed my perspective. And, you know, most of the time people were very kind and said, sure, I have 15 minutes. Other times people did not, but I had listed my questions very clearly and they could feel free to just respond in an email back to me if that was easier for them. And then I also focused on building my professional and non-professional network during this time. Opportunities coming up in life based on what we call, quote unquote, our weak network, which is people who we don't know super well, but know enough to be able to suggest a job opportunity or something like that. And so I was really focused on broadening my weak network, getting to know as many people as I could who were moving in the direction that I wanted to go, build out your identity capital. I also think about this trip that I took when I was 27 or 28, where I traveled around the world for a year, including time spent on an ashram in India. 
while it may have seemed like I was taking a step backwards in my career, just like that story of the woman who was hiking the Camino de Santiago, you know, she took a day to stay and not move forward, but rather move backwards. But that year that I spent changed my life completely because it was during that time when I was in Japan that my former boss said, hey, since you're in Japan anyway, do you mind doing a consulting project for us to help us hire the team that we need in our Tokyo office? And that was the beginning of my career as an HR and talent consultant for startups. I wound up building a pretty amazing business doing that for a couple of years. And that job led me to working at a venture capital fund because some of my clients referred me to there. And then that job led me to coaching startup founders because I was able to so intimately work with them. It was like a butterfly flaps its wings in China. And then that impacts how a badger mates with its partner in South America, whatever it is. You guys know that whole metaphor. But essentially, the topic of identity capital, or rather the idea of it, is that life is not transactional. It's not about accumulating the most money or the most resources. It is about investing in yourself. So how can you do that? You could learn a new skill. You could plan a vacation to a destination that's filled with history or allows you to pursue a question that you have in mind. You can attend a workshop for something you want to know more about. You can reach out to people who you don't know. You can rid yourself of toxic relationships to make space for ones that are supportive. You can listen to lots of TED Talks and podcasts and read books. You can start a blog or a social media account to connect with other people who care about the things that you do. And obviously, you should go to therapy. Going to therapy is one of the biggest ways to accumulate identity capital because you are investing in finding out the person who you are. So there's lots and lots of ways to build identity capital outside of just what your job is on a day-to-day basis. And there's a great article about this, so I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. Okay, now for the last and final little nugget of advice is to totally and completely ignore everything that everyone else is doing. I am so emphatic and enthusiastic about this point that you probably heard me drop my pen because that's how much I stand behind this point. Do not compare yourself to other people. Seriously, forget other people. Forget what they're doing. Who cares if so-and-so is spending their weekends in the Hamptons? Who cares if this other person got engaged or moved into the apartment that you want or got promoted to be a manager and you're not a manager yet? Forget other people. Their journey is not your journey and their journey will never make you happy. Also, they might be moving in a straight line, you know, just like those people who did the Camino de Santiago were tracking their miles every day, pushing themselves further and further and further. So while other people might be making superficial external strides in their lives, you don't know what's happening in their inner world. Sometimes the people who are the most goal-driven are the least happy people because their self-worth is completely wrapped around whether or not they can achieve their goal. Their thought is, if I can achieve these things, then I will know that I am good. And I can say this because I was there. 
I was constantly thinking about how I could be better, more successful, further along in my career, my relationships and other people. And at the end of the day, I ended up behind everyone else because at 30, I was divorced and starting all over again, starting my whole life over again at 30, where if I just taken the time to pause and get off of the rat race, then maybe I would have been able to figure it out a little bit earlier on. So the detours are the beautiful parts, the detours and the sidetracks and getting lost. Those are what will make you. And sometimes the pressure of seeing everyone else on that straight and narrow path can be really disorienting and make you feel like you're not doing things right. So forget them. I mean, even now where I feel really rooted and confident in my career, I still mute people on my social media constantly. I feel like I mute like 10 people a month because they're on a really predefined path where there's a lot of external success and it can make me feel bad about my own soul-based path that I'm choosing. Do whatever you can to forget what other people are doing. Take your eyes off of anyone who's on the sidelines of your life and focus all of that energy and all of that attention back to your gorgeous, perfect, beautiful self. And you can do this in a lot of the ways that we already mentioned, right? Like building identity capital, investing in yourself. You can do it through going on those wonderful artist dates where you are exploring the things that interest you. And I also think that this comes from spending a lot of time by yourself. And I know that the 20s are a highly social period where your friendships really do matter. As you make your way through the world, your friends become like your chosen family. And I do think relationships are so, so important to cultivate in your 20s. But I think the most important relationship to cultivate is that relationship with yourself. And I so often hear from my clients who in their 30s and 40s are taking the first trip that they've ever taken solo. They feel completely lost and bored and don't know what to do. So the biggest skill that you can acquire in your 20s is the skill of being quiet of being silent, of being alone with yourself and feeling really comfortable in that relationship with just you. Right now I'm alone here and I love it. And I really started to love this in my twenties when I would take trips by myself. I've been to Tulum by myself twice. I've been to Paris by myself twice. I've gone on a lot of weekends upstate by myself and a lot of it wasn't by designer choice at first. It was because I was single and no one wanted to go with me on X, Y, or Z trip. But then I grew to really love it and I crave it. And now I need to spend at least three or four days a month alone, even though I'm married. You know, I love going away. And even this weekend, my husband was like, I really want to come to Connecticut. And I said, would it be okay if you just stayed behind? I often think that my best ideas come from long walks alone, long nights spent alone where I'm not on TikTok or on the computer, because those are the moments when I can actually hear myself think, and I can actually hear what it is that I really want in this world. That is what I have for you today on this really beautiful topic suggested by our listener, Megan. To summarize, that you guys have it all in one easy game plan, there are four things that are really important to do as you navigate the uncertainty of your 20s. The first is to embrace the uncertainty, to know that life isn't about 
clear problem solving so that you can get A's, but rather it is about adapting and finding your own sense of self within all of that uncertainty. It's the transition from being a student in college or a student in high school to being a person, a real living, breathing, unique person in the real world. And the second point is that your 20s are all about expanding your universe. What is going to give you motivation and inspiration? You may not even have heard about it yet. So listen to your little heart. Follow that curiosity. Take yourself on artist dates. Journal. Go to workshops. Read books. Whatever it is, find out how you can expand your mental model for what is possible in this world. The third point is related to that, that your 20s should be about acquiring and developing identity capital and not monetary capital. That means investing in yourself, reaching out to people who you don't know, taking a job because you can learn rather than just make money, exploring, exploring, exploring. And finally, the last point is about hearing your own voice, muting other people, spending time alone getting to know who it is that makes you uniquely you. Your 20s are the decade of customization. This is the moment when you decide the type of life that you want to live outside of what school tells you, what your parents tell you, outside of what your friends are doing, outside of what's happening on social media. The 20s are for you to explore and hone and carve out that unique path that is just for you. As you go along the way and you're carving out this path for yourself, if it ever feels like you're going backwards or you're not making any progress or you're just standing still, know that that is exactly what you should be doing. Oftentimes, a straight line is not the best way to get from point A to point B. It doesn't actually work that way. Life is not like geometry. The fastest path to getting to the person who you are becoming is through listening to your soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. And also thank you for all your amazing podcast topic suggestions. Thanks for sharing the podcast. You guys have been sharing it so much. Listenership is bananas. It's been growing so quickly. And that is all thank you to you guys. I appreciate you so much. And as always, I want to remind you to listen to yourself, to love yourself, and to say yes to life so that life can say yes to you. See you guys next week.